Welcome to Ukulele is the New Black. I'm Meredith Harper and I love to play the ukulele. In this podcast, I talk to ukulele players to find out why they play ukulele, what they love about it and how it's changed their lives. I wanted to play an instrument because musicians are so cool and I wanted to be Sam Brown is a professional musician, best known as a singer, having sung backing vocals for bands such as Pink Floyd, Deep Purple and Spandau Ballet, as well as having a successful solo career including the international hit single Stop, which is still one of my favourite songs. When Sam lost her singing voice in 2007, she started teaching ukulele and now runs seven ukulele groups in the UK. We have a great chat about her discovery of the ukulele, and she also plays a couple of songs on a ukulele with a very impressive provenance. Just a quick note, this conversation was recorded a few weeks ago before the UK COVID lockdown. Ukulele player, introduce yourself. Uh, Hello, Uh, my name's Sam Brown, and I teach ukulele in England. I don't consider myself to be a brilliant uh, player, but uh, I like to share my musical experience with my pupils, and we have a lot of fun. And I think enthusiasm is one of the great um, qualities of of ukulele players. It's it's a really important thing to just love doing it. Absolutely, people do seem to get a bit obsessed with it, don't they? <laughs> they do. <laughs> <laughs> that is one word for it. Yes. <laughs> Maybe it attracts that kind of person. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I suspect it does. It's a kind yeah. of a self-selecting community, really. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So um, tell me a little bit about your history. Now, I know you have quite a, a long musical history and you also have a musical family. So what was your first, I guess, your first instrument or first experience with music? Um, well, I started learning to play the piano when I was about five. Um, my dad uh, is a musician in England um, and my mum was a session singer. She's sadly not with us anymore. Um, in the, She was a, a session singer in the 60s and 70s, so... She kind of introduced me to the professional world of music, if you like. Um, But I started playing piano, I started writing songs when I was about 12, 13. And by that time, I was already working as a singer. Um, So, yeah, I started singing professionally when I was, as I say, 12, 13. I can't remember, somewhere around there. And I'd already started writing songs. And then I basically sang professionally, professionally. doing various different things, backing vocals, my own stuff. I had a hit record in the 80s, uh, toured with Pink Floyd, Jules Holland, uh, worked with lots and lots of different people who people you probably know, and picked up a ukulele in the year 2000, I think, and started to write on the uke. And it was just a wonderful thing because piano was, other than voice, my first instrument. And it's quite a, it's quite an intense instrument. It's quite heavy sounding. Um, but I was hopeless at the guitar. My brother and my dad were the guitarists. And uh, so when I found out that I had, there was this lovely little stringed instrument that was a, a, the most fantastic accompaniment to the voice, it was, it was great. So I took it on tour with me and wrote on uke for, for some time. And it is so much more portable than piano. It certainly is. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it is. Yeah, and I, I'm with you on the guitar being hard. I, I did try, and it's just got so many strings, uh, and it's too big. It's so yes. big. I look at guitars in the shop sometimes, and just think, no, they just look weirdly huge. I don't understand them. Yes, I know. I, although I do think now 
that the ukulele is definitely the the gateway instrument to guitar you know because the the top well the four the ukulele strings are as i'm sure everyone knows that the the same as the top four strings on a guitar interval wise and and so if you like the sort of old-fashioned jazz stuff or the rag stuff it's quite good for those kind of jazz chords in a way i think so it's a it's a nice so it's a lovely instrument um so i and then so basically i was still singing then and uh in 2006 i started to have problems with my voice after 30 whatever it was years and uh by the beginning of 2007 i realized i couldn't sing professionally um and my voice has kind of gone up and down since then but i there's no way i can do professional gigs uh, certainly not that that good so so now i teach ukulele and i have done since 2010 um and at the moment i think i have uh one two three about seven clubs i think um and obviously at the moment during lockdown we're we're all online yes um so uh, but that that's that's it that's the potted history meredith i think <laughs> well that's a good one so yes i looked at your site and i've got i think there are six um listed on your your website six clubs and i thought yeah. wow i mean a lot of people find that one is a lot of work. <laughs> so you've you've gone. You've been very enthusiastic. So where did it start? The ukulele club. Uh, well, it started in my front room, um, as all good ukulele gatherings do, um, <laughs> and we had a power cut. So it was not only in my front room with a load of beginners, but it was by candlelight as well. <laughs> so it was quite good fun. Um, with I think it, there were nine of us to start with, and then we. Uh, we uh, promoted ourselves to the garden shed, which was a bit bigger. And then when there were 20 of us and it was getting to be a bit of a squeeze, we moved to the village hall. And within sort of three months, I had about well, 50 plus people in that one group. So I started another group and that grew very quickly as well. Um, I then started a club in London. So the first two were in Oxfordshire, then there was one in London. Um, uh, one of my dearest friends lived in London and she really wanted to do it. So we did that. And that club is still going. It's all it's self-run. I see them every month. Um, and then I started a, a third group in Oxfordshire because they were all up in between sort of, you know, 40 to 55 members in each group. Well, that's quite big. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, so, yeah, so that was hang on. Let me think. The International Ukulele Club of Sun in Common, the People's Ukulele Brigade, the North London Ukulele Club the jumping fleas um <laughs> and fleas. i now have uh uh two clubs in dorset so i have the sherborn ukuleles in dorset and the uh, tom brown's gang which tom brown's is a pub in dorchester in dorset um i also uh, have been working with a good friend barbara taylor in bustleton in western australia ah. um so i've been over there twice and we've done a festival and had some great fun some great workshops um and i've just started a new beginners club online uh which is people from all over of course because that's the one of the good things about zoom not there aren't many when you're talking from a musical <laughs> angle but um yeah so so yeah i don't know I, I mean it's not a competition of how many clubs is it but it's it's definitely keeps me busy <laughs> Well, that's it. I was wondering, do you ever sleep? <laughs> uh, well, I do, but I suppose the thing is, once you've done the legwork on one club, you're basically taking it from beginners through, you know, you're teaching the same things. 
Um, and I, you know, I didn't know really that I had a sort of aptitude for teaching. Um, but I suppose it's because I'm used to um, dealing with a room full of people, you know, that doesn't sort of phase me really. So maybe that's what it is. I don't know. You'll have to ask my pupils if I'm any good though. <laughs> <laughs> so did the teaching start with the clubs or was that a separate thing? Uh, it started with the clubs, yeah. Uh, I'd been teaching, trying to teach vocals, uh, but that was very difficult and very sporadic. And the great thing about teaching uke is that it's a regular thing. So what I initially did was an 11-week course three times a year. Um, and I thought people would do one course, maybe two, and then leave and go, go off and play their ukuleles, you know. But it didn't really work like that. I think it must be the swearing and the bad jokes that they really enjoy. <laughs> well, it helps. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And we have, we have a lot of fun, you know, as, as with all youth uh, groups, we, we go out and do lots of gigs. We do loads of gigs through the year. And we have our own festival called the Fabulous Ukulele Club Festival. And, oh, nice. Yeah, and, uh, but, of course, we haven't done that for a while. And I've been slowing down a bit because it, it is quite busy, a little bit too busy for me now. But, uh, you know, we'll see. So I guess as time goes on, you had that, the one in London, which basically manages themselves. So you can, in theory, they'll eventually kind of spin off and then you can create new ones while the old ones continue on. Yeah, well, what, what sort of seems to happen is you kind of, you start a group and it becomes this sort of wayward family um, <laughs> because what's really important to me is that everybody is welcome, whether they're rich or poor or bonkers or sane or cautious or extreme. It doesn't matter. And we do have some really rather fantastic personalities in all of the groups. Um, and I think what happens is everybody gets used to being accepted in that group, even though they're all very different people. And so nobody really wants to leave that. So certainly that's what I find with my groups, you know, here. So I, I don't know. I'm very I'm reluctant to start new groups, actually, um, because, you know, you get that was one of the things when when I had a hit record is that you you don't actually get to know people. You're always moving from one thing to another. You're doing interviews with different people every day. You know, I never really had a social life, which didn't bother me too much. But now I can really see that these groups are really important in their lives because whilst they wouldn't see those people socially, to get together and experience all those different personalities is a really wonderful thing. Yeah. I think you do need to get out and experience, you know, all kinds of people, don't you? It makes you a more yeah. rounded person. Um, of course, yes, this year, um, harder to do, but yeah, <laughs> you said you managed to keep them all going, which virtually, because, yeah, as you said, I guess as you implied before, the thing, trouble with music over Zoom can be difficult because everyone's that little bit out of sync. Yeah. But you've managed that okay? Well, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I did. I looked into it quite a lot initially. Um, but I'm, I'm really not one for being chained to my computer 24 hours a day. So the way I deal with it, and I don't know if it's good or bad, I mean, not, um, I haven't got full numbers by any means. Not everyone can cope with it, especially my older pupils. They find it a bit frustrating. Uh, but we do have some of them there. But um, the way that we do it is I mute everyone when we play. So they, so they hear themselves and me, which can't be very nice to them because my voice is pretty rubbish these days. <laughs> um, 
but you know it's better than nothing I think that's the thing is you're seeing people I don't like uh, some people do sort of a Facebook live thing where they just play but I like to see everybody and they all like to see each other and we chat and we talk about what we want to learn so it's not just uke playing um and and now what I've done because up until now what I've been doing is we'll have a playlist and I'll, you know some people will lead the songs rather than me and then I'll do some but we've just been playing but as it looks like this is going to be going on for a while I think so I've now started to push them a bit as a teacher which obviously they all complain about that but I know they love it really <laughs> <laughs> We will play diminished chords up and down the fret 20 times, you know. Well, it's important. Practice is how you get there, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, in the UK, um, the COVID thing is going to be restricted for a while? Well, it's just very difficult to get um, information. And I think, you know, uh, from my point of view, I don't want to be responsible for spreading the virus. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, with so many people, you, you've got to be careful. Yeah, I mean, the groups are much smaller now. They're about 30, 40. They're, they're not as big. And some of them are small, much smaller than that. But um, until it's properly under control, I just don't feel inclined to to do anything. I just think it would be highly irresponsible of me. Um, very happy to do the Zoom thing. But I have to be honest and say it has coincided for me with wanting to slow down with my teaching a bit anyway. So, you know, it's quite sort of serendipitous for me. Um, uh, and I've been at home more, which has been lovely. So yeah. we'll see see what happens. And I saw too on some of these groups, your brother also d- runs some groups, some ukulele groups. Yeah. So he doesn't just play guitar. No. <laughs> well, Pete's Pete's a he's a very talented musician. He's he plays he great guitar. He's got a fabulous voice, albeit rather loud, which seems <laughs> to run in the family. Um, and he. He runs a studio, which is up and down, so he has to do other jobs as well. And I said, why don't you do an advanced class? So he's got a really fantastic advanced class called Locum, um, which if you want to see them, they've done a couple of the Zoom videos, you know, uh, which are fantastic. And I can send you a link to those if you'd like Mm, later. That'd be great. Um, But he teaches very, very... So, you know, the um, uh, Why My Guitar Gently Weeps, Jake in Central Park that I remember when that came out and everyone was like have you seen that that's amazing so the first thing he taught his classes was that oh wow yeah start at the top (laughs) yeah start and it's so it's a really hard class you have to be I mean I can't do it I don't do it I'm rubbish at that sort of thing I'm all about the feel and the strumming and the singing along you know um but he teaches that and it's quite advanced tab um, but then he also gets them to memorise it because he thinks that's the best way to learn it, obviously. Which is probably true, but it's hard. Yeah, it is hard. <laughs> it is hard. But he's he's great at that. He does a really good job. So you, you've covered all the bases between you? Um, I suppose, yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I think things with you, because it's for everybody, and I by no means think I've got, you know, a monopoly on teaching you. There's some fantastic teachers out there. Um, I just think that what the way I do it, and probably Pete as well, although, again, he's different to me, is it sort of encompasses my musical experience through touring, recording, working with loads of different people. Um, and there are things you learn, you know. Um, I mean, I was singing for over 33 years, 30-something years. So 
there's stuff you learn. It's not, and when you're teaching adults, you're not teaching a child. You're teaching people who understand music philosophically. Um, and I think that's really important is to understand that you don't have to be a brilliant play, player to to play a song beautifully. You just have to pick something that's within your capability and practice it and know exactly what you're doing. Um, so for me, it's um, it's not just about teaching them to play a song on the ukulele. It's about lots of other things. And to be honest, I've learned along with my pupils. You know, I've I've learned about ukulele along with them. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very sharing thing that way, isn't it? Yeah. So um, you're going to play something for me today. I'm going to have a go. <laughs> now, my, my audience is, does not judge, so... <laughs> Just as bloody well, frankly. <clears throat> right, let me move my coffee. Okay, so I haven't heard anyone else do this on the uke, so I would like to say that I'm, I'm these days more of a teacher than a performer. But I um, hope my uke's in tune enough. It's making whoopee. Oh, awesome. Okay. Whoops. Oh, see what I mean? I <laughs> uh, can't do that one. Hang on. Uh. Thank you. 
Yes. That was great. That's such a good song, isn't it? It's it's timeless, that one. It's lovely. Um, it's funny, when I used to perform, I'd always get things wrong. So I'd be like playing a song at the piano and the mic wouldn't be tightened properly. So when you're singing and playing, um, you know, you, you can't move anything. So the mic would be going down and I'd be playing the piano and I'd be getting lower and lower and lower. So actually what was happening there was my headphone was stuck on my ukulele. Oh. And I couldn't, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> never mind. Uh, that's good enough for you, Meredith. It's oh, good that's, enough that's for me. Oh, that's fantastic. No, I'm very happy with I'm, I'm not precious about it. <laughs> Sorry about the swearing. No, You'll have to fine. beep it out. I, I will put a little bleep. <laughs> Excellent. Now, a little mistake is good because that means that people know you've actually done it live. I haven't cheated and slotted something in. So Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you said you wrote, started writing songs at a very early age. Do you still write songs? Yes, yeah. um, I do, um, and, but, I, but not very much. It's, it's really hard to write. Because, well, I find it hard to write because I can't sing. Um, but I do have – I've written a couple of tunes on the uke, um, and I am sort of thinking I'd like to do – uh, a little uh, uke. I mean, I have done a ukulele EP years ago um, called Ukulele and Voice, um, but I'd quite like to do another one. Um, and to be honest with you, I've met so many people through the uke club that um, there's some fantastic singers there. I could get some of them to help me That's out right. with it. That's right, yeah, so. yeah. Nothing wrong with a duet. No, absolutely. So you said earlier you went to Bustleton a couple of times. So yeah. have you done a lot of, um, obviously pre-COVID, have you done a lot of touring internationally, festivals, that kind of thing? Uh, yeah, well, well, not loads. Um, but I think our first trip away was we did a, um, we used to go out to Paris for a long weekend. Um, and basically I'd sort of go and do a recce in February, March and find some little clubs. And, uh, you know, we didn't need paying. And then I just say to the group, okay, these are the gigs. If you want to come, you get there yourself, you book your own accommodation, turn up at, this is the dress code, this is the set list. So we've done that a couple of times and I think we'll do it again. It's great fun. Um, I also put a little group together for Prague, the Czech ukulele festival, which was great. And I also, what else have I done? Australia I've been to a couple of times. Um, so not loads, but bits and pieces, yeah. Um, I did a, a week at a chateau in France. Um, that sounds hard to take. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> it was really awful. <laughs> and it was in September, so it was absolutely beautiful. Oh. It, was, it had a river and, oh, it was gorgeous, yeah. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, so for, for us, um, you know, a, a, a nice easy trip like that is going to New Zealand, which is lovely, but not the same as Paris. <laughs> No, no, I know. We are a long way from everything here. You are, yeah. But it's, I think, you know, the thing is, is uh, it's just nice to go and do something different, isn't it? You know, we, I think everyone plays in their local pubs and there and does that sort of thing. But, um, I mean, I don't get me wrong, I love the ukulele world of Hawaiian shirts and pork pie hats and funny, funny outfits and stuff. But I think it's also important that... Um, you feel good about playing the ukulele because it's not a joke, you know, it's a fantastic instrument. It's been around for years. And, um, I mean, I love all the old stuff. I love Tiptoe Through the Tulips and Tonight You Belong to Me and Ain't Misbehaving. I love those old songs. But, you know, I think you... I mean, we, we also put on a show at a local theatre here in, obviously, pre-lockdown in Henley-on-Thames. And it's a theatre show. And so we have... Um, 
you know, we have somebody who introduces everything and it's tied together and there's a kind of story and we have little bits of film. So I think it's nice to really stretch yourself and put the legwork in to make things really fantastic, you know. Now, I'm, I'm assuming one song was probably enough for you. Did you want to uh, do a second one? I don't want to push your voice too much. Uh, no, it doesn't make any difference, to be honest with you. But, um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know what I'll do. Okay. I can do one more. Uh, well, I try to do songs that, you know, people don't do. Okay, so this is a Jim Croce song. Here we go. bad yeah good song i think that's great now just show me your ukulele um <laughs> let me have right. a look what, what kind have we got here it's a kamaka and it was given to me by my dad and it was given to my dad by george harrison okay <laughs> <laughs> don't break that one <laughs> no um but it um there's something the it's quite hard to keep in tune and I don't no. really want to have it messed with. I've got a great luthier. No, no, um, no. But my, right. my working ukulele is a Martin, uh, a soprano. So that, this is a concert. And I've, I use a Martin most of the time. Okay. So do you just, how many do you have? Just the two or, or more? Um, I've got more, but really just those two. I've got a baritone as well, um, which I bought in America. Um, but really, it was my it's my Martin that I use all the time. But it's just, I'm having trouble with it at the moment. It won't stay in tune. So, oh. uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's not bad. I mean, it's got... I, what I find is, is that with the small ones, it's much easier to play the fast stuff, you know, because it, it's lighter and it bounces. 
So there you go. You see, I won't, I won't tune it up. got much more if you want to you know play the more old-fashioned stuff then it's i think it's it's a lot easier so that's my that's my little martin nice (laughs) now it's always interesting to see who suffers from ukulele acquisition syndrome but clearly you don't you you have a small number but high quality (laughs) well yeah i mean i i am thinking i'd like to the martin's nice but i have played nicer ukuleles Um, I've got a couple of friends who've got lovely ukes, but I'm I'm a bit like, you know, I'm the sort of person that if someone says, what kind of car have you got? I say a red one. <laughs> so, you know, I know this is a Kamaka because it's precious. And I know this is a Martin because my ukulele club bought it for me. Um, and I'm not really bothered about that sort of thing. You know, I don't need need to have loads. The important thing is having ones that you love. Yes, exactly. OK, well, I think we're up to our final question which is, how has ukulele changed your life? It's given me a job. <laughs> um, how has it changed my life? Um, I, don't, I don't know if I could actually even explain that because um, to write a song on a ukulele is, is the most wonderful thing um, and to be able to take it everywhere with you. So that was initially the thing and now I teach ukulele so you know, I very much enjoy getting people to play and seeing them learn. So it gives me a lot of joy in a lot of ways. Wonderful. Well, Sam, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's a great pleasure and good luck with it. Thank you. Take care. Ukulele is a New Black is produced by me, Meredith Harper. I wrote the theme tune and I performed it with Jasmine Fellows, Jeff Skellums, Jim Croft, Paul Marsh, Chris Williams and Sandra Shaw. Seb Carrero does the graphic design. For more information about Sam and to buy her albums, go to MissSamBrown.com and to find out more about her many ukulele clubs, go to thefabulousukuleleclub.co.uk. If you want more information about any of the things mentioned in today's episode, there are links in the show notes, as well as a playlist with songs relating to today's episode on the Ukulele is a New Black YouTube channel, including my somewhat unrehearsed cover of Stop. If you enjoy this podcast, please give it a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please tell your friends. Episodes are released every second Monday, and you can subscribe pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. I'll be back in two weeks with the final episode for this year. It's the new black